0: We're excited to have Kim here with us. Uh, I got to know her, I think a few months ago. It's been a few months, Uh, but unfortunately, you know, due to this pandemic, we didn't get to see each other very often. Uh, I'm really, really glad that she agreed to come and speak to us as a group. Um, And I'm sure she'll be happy to answer any of your questions after, or you will tell us if you're okay with asking, you know, while you're talking. Uh, that would be great. We can't wait to hear your story. You're extremely inspiring. I always found you a very inspiring and energetic person. So would love to would love <laughs> you to take it away. You know, the stage is yours and we can't wait to hear.
1: Okay. Um, so first of all, Shira, I also see you as a very inspiring and energetic person. So that means a lot coming from you. Thank you. Um, Thank you. Also, mazel tov to Sari and Shlomo. I'm so excited yeah, to see uh, you getting so married good. soon. <laughs> it's
0: the best news ever.
1: Yeah. Okay, so um, thank you so much for having me. Uh, I just want to start by saying I don't think I know anything more than you guys do. I think you guys have just as much to teach me as I have to teach you. And God willing, one day I'll be listening to you guys speak as well. Um, so back to the beginning of how I started to become religious. Um, I grew up going to Hebrew school, like most, or at least some Jewish children. Um, I didn't really know what Shabbat was. I would go to synagogue on Saturdays. We would drive there. Uh, My father is not Jewish at all, um, but he's very supportive of my Jewish growth and, part of the reason like neither of my parents are very religious and so in that they were both like okay whatever you want to do go for it um and I think also my father he's just a very respectful person and so he was willing to back down and say if you want to send her to Hebrew school go ahead I'm not going to fight you on this and I actually just learned this recently because I went home and I was speaking to my parents and it's so fascinating because if he hadn't been that way then I wouldn't be who I am today if he hadn't, if he had been like, Oh no, she has to go to church or nothing at all. Um, it just really uh, has a huge impact on me. So, um, after my bat mitzvah, uh, I wasn't so involved Jewishly. I did help out as a teacher's assistant with like art projects and stuff at the synagogue that I went to. But as far as I would say Jewish growth, I wasn't, it was not anywhere close to where it is now. Um so what got me sort of back into the pond was after college uh I decided I wanted to go somewhere and I was well aware of the fact that a lot of kids go on birthright um I hope all of you have gone it's a really wonderful opportunity uh it's it was super fun for me and I think it gave me a love of Israel and it helped me to not see Israel in a bad light because I think that unfortunately a lot of people see it as this war torn Aggressive, angry country, and it's nothing like that. It's like, if you, when you think of the land of milk and honey, a land of peace, a land of giving, that's how I see it. A land of delicious food, smiling faces, and um, all the positive things I could think of. Uh, So I went on birthright, and it didn't have an impact on me so much Jewishly, but just more, or religiously, but more culturally. So um, a few years after that, due to the fact that I had gone on birthright, I was receiving, you know, different emails from different organizations to sort of lure me into the Jewish world. <laughs> uh, and one of these things was uh, I got an offer from a program called JU Max. I'm not sure if any of you are familiar with it, but basically the is that you learn online for, I think, about six or eight weeks and then at the end of your learning, you get uh, a stipend or a reduced trip to go to Israel. So I think it only ended up being like $200. Um, the tr- the class was taught by Svi Gluckin, and it was also B.D. Deutsch who's in that group. I, got, I don't know if you guys have heard of her, but she is an amazing athlete. She is a Orthodox woman and she was actually selected to be in the Olympics. And the only reason she didn't do it was one, because it was on Shabbat or the, the race that she was going to do was on Shabbat. And then number two was because actually the whole thing got canceled because of the pandemic, which I think is really beautiful because some person could have looked at it and been like, oh, wow, she missed out on that opportunity. But she didn't really miss out on anything at all because God always has your back. <laughs> 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 um, so I ended up doing the JU Max program and that led me to Israel 2.0, which is led by a rabbi in New Jersey named Rabbi Heinberg. And the idea of that trip is that it's basically um, birthright, but with a little bit more of an emphasis on Jewish learning and Jewish growth. And we had classes at the H building in Jerusalem, which is a really beautiful building. I highly recommend you guys go if you're ever in Israel, if you haven't already been. I
2: was going to say I did the um, Israel 2.0 trip. It's amazing. So you i'm be- so glad
1: you did was it with uh, rabbi berg or somebody else no it was um
2: same organization
1: but different like group yeah um yeah if you guys have questions please chime in anytime you want or you can wait till the end whatever you're more comfortable with
3: all these uh, uh organizations just throwing in that uh, all these organizations are under the same umbrella as us so we, we know it speak rabbi Tzv, Luke, and, Rabbi Berg. They're all under Olami. They're all under Olami and we all work together, which is a beautiful thing. So
1: That is beautiful. I'm so glad to know that you guys know them. Of course. Um, so um, one of the guest speakers we had on this trip was um, Tamir Goodman, who's known as the Jewish Jordan. So he is a very talented um, Jewish basketball player and he spoke to us. And at the time I was so, so, so inspired because he shared that, um he was given all these offers and scholarships and he turned multiple things down because of the fact that he felt the need to keep shabbat and um that was the first time that i really saw people sacrificing for it I, i had always seen people who grew up religious who sort of lived in that closed world but to see somebody who um sort of lived in both worlds which i feel like i do now um and does have to make those hard choices on a regular basis i found very inspiring um I wanted to keep Shabbat at the time, but I wasn't fully ready to, and I didn't really have the foundation. I didn't have a community. Um, I wasn't going to Jewish events regularly, but I feel that he is probably among so many others, one of the people who definitely planted the seed within me. Um, so that was a great trip. The um, in between, So after that, I started going to a little bit more like, I went to Chabad of downtown LA for high holidays, and I started connecting a little bit more here and there. Like, I remember I threw a Hanukkah party for my friends, and I was the only Jewish person. And um, so I I always felt a connection, but I didn't necessarily feel um, an overwhelming need to push it to uh, the next level. So then the um, the third trip I went on to Israel was called Jewel. I'm sure probably some of you have gone or at least heard of it and um, Jewel is an all girls trip. Uh, So basically what happened was I signed up for Jewel, thinking, okay, birthright free, Uh, JU max 200 bucks. Of course, Jewel is gonna be extremely cheap. And uh, no, it wasn't. I signed up and I was accepted for the trip. And then they emailed me saying, okay, um, we're ready for you to pay. It's gonna be a couple of thousand dollars. And at the time I couldn't afford it. So I emailed them back and I was kind of like, okay, well,
3: Yeah, we can't hear you so well.
1: We can't
2: hear you. Your uh, thing probably got disconnected. It's super annoying.
3: It's okay. Can you hear me now? Yeah.
1: yeah. Okay. Yeah, hear you. Wonderful. Um, so I said, although I would really love to go, um, I can't really afford the trip. So pass on me, figure out something else. And they came back to me and they said, oh, we see that you're in Los Angeles we want you to meet somebody who might be able to help you. So they put me in touch with um, Mr. Horwitz. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so um, I showed up at his office and we got to know one another and we actually figured out that he and I went to the same high school, not at the Ooh. same time. <laughs> <laughs> yeah.
3: <laughs> not at the same time.
1: <laughs>
3: that's so funny. Uh,
1: yeah. He was- By the way, that's not my dad. Just so you guys know, that's not my dad. <laughs>
3: uh.
1: Uh. He was so kind to me and he was willing to help me. And at the time, to be perfectly honest with you guys, I thought it was a little bit weird. I was like, who is this guy who's just willing to pay for this person? He doesn't really know. Like, it's a little weird. But now, after being entrenched in the community for so long, it becomes so clear that Jews are willing to do anything to help other Jews. And I know that, like, now, even now that I'm not broke as I was before, I'm willing to help others. And then, God willing, one day I'll. Be on his level and be able to send other people to israel i would love to do that because it's oh. really changed the trajectory of my life so at the time i thought it was insane but now i see why someone would do that and it doesn't seem crazy to me at all mm. um so so he sent me off on my way paid for my ticket i went to on Jewel, and his one stipulation was uh when you come back please talk to us please come please come see me let me know how your trip was let's reconnect and so i said fine um, so I came back to his office and I walked in and the first thing he said to me is, what are you doing here? Mm-hmm. And I, I gave him a look like, what do you mean what am I doing here? You asked me to come meet you once I was back in the States. And he was like, I, I really didn't think that there was any chance you're gonna come back. I thought that you were gonna stay there for a long, long time. I didn't, I really didn't foresee this happening. And I was like, what do you mean? I took a leave of absence from work. I have my whole life here. And so we sat in his office for over an hour, arguing back and forth about why I should and why I should not go to seminary. And um, one of his most convincing arguments was the fact that the older you get, the more responsibilities you take on and the less chance you have of being able to drop everything and go learn. And that really was a convincing argument to me because I, I can totally see that. Once you're in a committed relationship, it's harder. Once you, um God willing one day have a child. Um, I mean, it would be wonderful, but it's also much, much harder when you're taking care of another life. So um, I figured, okay, after arguing with him for so long, he's older than me. Um, I'm trying I, I'll, I would like to respect my elder. I don't want to you know fight him on this. Also, it seems like he has good intentions for me. If it's not the right trip for me, what I'll do is I'll just come back and I'll make him buy the ticket and that'll be that. But um, (laughs) (laughs) I got to Israel and I fell in love with the classes. I loved learning. I loved taking notes and asking questions. And I think um, a lot of other religions, I don't want to use the word fail because maybe that's harsh, but fall short in that they want you to have blind faith and not ask questions and not challenge things. But my experience at seminary was completely opposite. You were allowed to ask any combative argumentative question you wanted and if that wasn't enough for you you could meet with teachers one-on-one and continue um, debating things and so it, it was very clear to me and i came to the conclusion that one the torah is true and it's written by god and therefore i have to live, live a certain lifestyle which is um i know that sounds really intense and it's kind of a hard pill to swallow but everybody has their role in this world and not everybody can do what everyone else can do you just have to do what's right for you and what feels good to you and what is also but also pushing yourself a little bit um god did not put us on this planet to take a backseat or to live an easy life and to live an easy life um it wouldn't feel good maybe it seems good in in theory but um i mean I'm, i'm sure all of you guys can relate to sitting on the couch for too long and how it makes you feel or taking a nap when you shouldn't have taken a nap and you don't want to feel that feeling when you're 80 years old (laughs) so start busting your butt Um, where was i Um, so so after seminary i came back here to los angeles and um i went back to my old apartment And the second I stepped in my old apartment, I had a strong feeling of I shouldn't be here. I was living with uh, a male roommate who is a nice guy, but not religious and clearly not of my gender. So that was kind of um, a conflicting thing. Also, at the time, I was dating somebody who wasn't Jewish. And I had a very, very strong conviction that that relationship needed to end. And I ended it. And um, one of the first things I did was call um, Rabbi Quinn, who I think most of you guys know, because I knew he had a seminary program, which I had heard about years ago because I went to his house for a Shabbat dinner. But the idea of being in a seminary house seemed so foreign to me. But after coming home from Nevaeh, I was like, oh, okay, I get it now. Like living in a house with other people who are keeping the kind of lifestyle that you want to keep makes perfect sense. So yeah, I've been living in this house for about three years now. And keeping Shabbat for about three years now, and um, wow. that's amazing. yeah, I mean, I'll just say to you guys, like, it's it's not easy. It's it's challenging, but at the same time, I would rather take any challenge that's in my life now versus challenges before because of the fact that now I can talk to God whenever I want. I have this relationship that I didn't have before because I had I was angry and I didn't understand the world. And I mean, I'm not gonna say I. I totally understand the world now, not far from it, but at least I know who I am and I know that I have a God in heaven who cares about me and who's watching over me every single second of the day and wants the best for me. And I hope that you guys all feel that yourselves. Um, so another reason why I wanted to talk to you guys today, besides my whole Jewish journey is, I mean, obviously you guys can see that I'm a black person. Um, that has been somewhat of a challenge in the Jewish community. Some people, Treat me totally normal. Some people um, are surprised to see me. Uh, That's fine also. I'm happy to be a surprise in your life. Um, But also there's been times where people made me feel a little bit unwelcome or maybe said things that I felt like shouldn't have been said. And I mean, I'm sure you guys are very aware of everything that's going on in the world right now. And I think it's really our job as Jews to do tikkun olam, which I'm sure you know means fixing the world. Um, God didn't put anyone on this planet for us to hate or for us to mistreat or talk badly about. Um, I think, in fact, that people are so, so different because we need to find a way to learn from each other. We need to find a way to appreciate each other. Everyone on this planet is so unique, and I'm so grateful for that. Can you imagine if everyone in your life was just like you? How boring that would be? (laughs) Um, We as Jews have this this special role that... Everybody, obviously, everybody wants the world to be a better place, but I think that there's more of an impetus on us, particularly, to make things right and to do things the right way. And I think that's, I mean, my one of my theories of why we've suffered so much is that we can have the empathy to understand what, what pain truly is. Can you imagine if we were God's chosen people and we never went through anything? like as much as people resent us now they would resent us so much more they would say like oh wow look at those (laughs) those people who've never had anything bad happen to them like far from it like i think we've been through countless um ordeals uh so yeah i mean i I guess i just want to ask you guys like you don't need to go to protests you don't need to post um you know, controversial things on Facebook. But what I think you do need to do is, one, be kind and welcoming to other people, Jewish, not Jewish, black, white, whatever color they are. And also, if you see somebody doing something that's not right, whether it's making someone feel bad or being cold to somebody or saying something inappropriate at a Shabbat table, um, you should really call them out. And not in a way to make them feel uncomfortable, but just to like, hey, was that really, that's that's not What we want to be or that's not how we want to act like you know um if as if you can do it in the most gentle way possible to sort of steer that kind of behavior away i think that would really make the jewish community and the the world at large like more welcoming and healthier place so yeah that's just what i came to talk to you guys about and if you have any questions i'm happy to answer
0: yeah thank you so so much kim I would love to open it up right now for questions. I have some questions, but I would like to see, you know, what other people are thinking. Anyone would like to ask Kim anything? What's Kim, in your that, mind? Was,
3: that was really beautiful. Thank you. <laughs>
0: Thank you. I'm so glad. Yes, of course. So anyone would like, let, let's see. Let's see who's here first. Yeah, so it's the same people. One or two more people joined. Um, I think Omri raised their hand. So let's go back. Omri, did you raise your hand?
2: I did. I have a quick one. Um, All right. We're, you we're here. She's here. Yeah, so you, you sort of touched on this already. Um, but I don't know if you covered this as much like to the depth that you could have potentially. So maybe this is just an opportunity to cover it in that depth. Do you think that the Jewish community overall is like very welcoming to people of color? Or do you think that because there's like certain standards or certain uh, expectations that are in place it's uh there's a lot of like implicit things that you wouldn't know unless you're a person of color in this community in the communities that you've been in because you've probably been in multiple different kinds of jewish communities
1: yeah um i would say thank god my experience as a whole has been very positive very welcoming um i think in my case the experiences that i have were that were not so positive were more out of ignorance than somebody trying to intentionally do something wrong it was more like somebody said something without thinking versus saying like oh she's black so i don't want to be nice to her so it's not like the the la community is beautiful and i think that the reason why i thrive in it is because of the fact that there are different types of people i can't imagine that it would be the same situation in a place like muncie or um like you know very very from communities i i don't know I mean, I did live in Harno for some time, but that's a bit of a different story because of the fact that there are a lot of newly religious people. And I think that people who become religious have more experience with diversity than people who are born into religion.
0: Thank you, thank you. Amri, did you get your answer?
2: Yeah, I did. Um, He's good. (laughs) Thanks for the thumbs up.
0: (laughs) Yeah, I like it. I see it showing on the screen. (laughs) This is great. Any other? Oh, well, I see real ones there as well, you know. (laughs) And Rachel. (laughs) This is great. Anyone else has anything that they would like to ask uh, Kim or raise a question based on, you know, current situation in the U.S.? What what do you think? Um, Anyone wants to add to that?
2: I mean, I wanted to say that There's been like with everything going on, I really like what Kim said that you don't need to post on social media. We can't hear you well.
0: Sorry, do you want to come closer? I want to make sure we can hear you.
2: Oh, so I was saying, I really like what Kim said that it's, it's not about what people post on social media. Like, you don't need to go with all the hashtags and everything. But, like, if you do see something, then it is your obligation to say something about it. And I feel like that's something that we can actually make a difference and take on. And, like, it's not like, because a Facebook post, how much is a Facebook post going to do? Maybe 10 people will see it. Maybe one person out of that 10 is actually going to stop and actually read it. But, like, if you're at a Shabbat table, if you're in a situation that someone says something that you think is inappropriate and you actually have the courage to be like, hey, actually, that's not cool in a respectful manner. I think that's somewhere that we can all really make a difference.
3: It's That's so, amazing. It's so true, true as well, because, um, you know, we have a requirement in the Torah. It's a mitzvah to rebuke uh, your friend. But then it says, but make sure that you're not causing him to hate you or to sin or to be angry and do worse. So it's not only about rebuking. It's also about how you say it. And Kim was touching on that point of, yeah. you know, you have to do it in a soft manner, because otherwise the person is just going to reject your words. And the way that someone absorbs what you say is when you speak to them slowly and pleasantly on the side. And I like how...
0: Yeah, not um, attacking them. Not attacking them. (laughs) You know, in a way.
3: Yeah. Yeah. And I love um, how Kim's got this um, approach of Dan Le Kav judge favorably, um, which is that, you know, there's many people that just have ignorance. Um, I, I grew up personally, and she as well, only in a very religious community. Um, and it, in Manchester, England, UK, there was, you know, very closed community. I I never saw a black Jew. That was just something which I never saw. So I definitely believe that there was, uh, within our community, a certain sense of ignorance. And, um, it's definitely not a sense of hate that ever, even the things that I've heard, you know, and, and we can even say that as a whole, we are uh, growing up. Everyone here can say that we used to say the thing, some things which were so inappropriate, you know, as just as growing up, you know, now as you're
0: young and uh, I guess we're, you know, as we're immature. Well, there's also like
3: certain standards that have changed in our society that mm-hmm. we, as kids, we used to say things about different minorities, uh, in ways that are totally unacceptable today. And it was just a regular conversation back in the day. And I think there's a lot more sensitivity today um, than it ever has been. So, you know, we, we should focus on that, you know, the progress and the growth and the, but especially within our community, like it's so important to make sure that we stand out in a good way and not fall short. But I love the Dalek of which is uh, the judging favorably aspect, which you've adapted.
1: Thank you. I, I, I'm a big believer in the way you think um, colors the way that you perceive the world. So if I walk around thinking, Oh, Jews are close-minded and racist. Guess what? That's what I'm going to see in the world. That's it's going to pop up left and right. But if I walk around thinking I'm a wonderful person and people see how wonderful I am, like that's the world I'm going to live in. So that's how I I choose to um, move through the world.
0: That's beautiful. I mean, I I phrase it as, you know, you're putting the right glasses on. (laughs) That's what I usually say, you know, the way you look at the world, that's the way you're going to see the world. And that's the way people will see you too. So it's important to, you know, to make sure we work on on um, on that aspect. I was just wondering, could you tell us a little bit more about your art? Because I know you're an artist, <laughs> you know, and I've seen some of your art uh, that was published somewhere. I know it was posted. Really? People shared it. Yes. Mm-hmm. Um, do you want to yeah, tell us of course.
1: about it? Um, So... I'll tell you guys, uh, I've always been interested in art and I've always identified as a very creative person. It's been sort of my thing ever since I was little. I loved coloring, coloring on the walls, ruining furniture, <laughs> uh, all that kind of stuff. Like I should have known that I was gonna be an artist, but uh, yeah, it's fun. If you ever, if you're ever feeling lost about life and you don't know where you're going or who you are, think about what you used to really love as a kid and maybe what things you ruined in the sake, for the sake of joy. <laughs> um, so I, I always loved drawing, but I didn't necessarily see it as like a strong career path. So when I got to college, I chose fashion design because it seemed like, okay, this is more commercial, people will actually hire me, um, like a more easy way to make money. So um, I ended up going to the fashion design world, and I still do that to this day, I work as a jewelry designer. But um, I quickly realized that the fashion industry wasn't what I wanted it to be, and that the, there were so many rules of what I could do, what I couldn't do. Um, a lot of the people I worked for had temperamental personalities, weren't very easygoing. Um, and in retrospect, I can say that that made me a stronger person and it helped me to take criticism. But back, I mean, I'm, a very, I'm very sensitive even now. I don't seem it, but I am. And it was um, traumatic, <laughs> to say the least. Oh, wow. So um, part of my escape from that was to start drawing on the side. And I didn't really think anything of it. I wasn't trying to make money from it. I just started doing it. And here and there, people would see it and be like, oh, wow, that's really cool. Uh, Can I pay you to do this? Or um, I have a friend who works for this company. Maybe they want you to draw something for them. So um, I started getting little gigs here and there. And I've been doing that for the past few years. And just recently, I was contacted by the LA Times to create a piece for the paper
0: that's Ooh. so cool so have so that's the one that was published already you you did that mm-hmm. oh that's amazing yeah i know i saw that someone shared it you have to show me after. yeah <laughs> it's on facebook right <laughs> or on the other times if we can find out that's that's really weird. Oh, I, I can show you guys i have it here with me you have it all right Let's so
1: see. they contacted me and a couple of or a bunch of other artists so you'll see a lot of work here. And then this piece in the middle is mine. you can see my name. Oh, here. Oh, wow. Yeah.
0: That was so cool. Yeah, no, that's a beautiful one. What is it? Is it still working? No, I took the mic. <laughs> you know, the mic is... The
1: mic oh, can you guys hear me?
3: Yeah, we can yeah, hear Yeah,
0: no, we can hear you.
3: Yeah, if we speak, then we lose our screen. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah, we just need to fix our screen right now. That's so amazing. Mm -hmm. Well, thank you so much for uh, sharing that with us. Anyone else has any questions is welcome to ask him right now. Gideon.
3: So you've talked a lot about your experience as uh, a Black person in Jewish communities. Can you talk a a bit about your experience as a Jewish person inside of Black communities and how? Mm. uh, Ooh, that's so interesting.
1: That's a (laughs) hard-hitting question. I didn't even (laughs) Um, To be very frank with you guys, uh, I don't know how you're feeling in your Jewish identity. For me, it's something that constantly ebbs and flows, and I have to, like, sort of feel it out depending who I'm around. And I notice that when I'm around Black people who are not Jewish, I feel a little bit more self-conscious. And that's so, so like, that's definitely something I'm working on to be more outward about it because my who I am shouldn't be changing depending on who I'm with. But, I mean, that's the truth of the matter because I... I'm not sure exactly why I feel that way. Maybe just because it's not something that they identify with. But um, I am proud to be Jewish. So God willing, I'll be able to reflect that in my actions a little bit more.
0: Wow, that's so interesting. I never even thought of, you know, that idea. And and you mentioned also, like, in your family, I mean, your parents are very supportive and everything. What about, like, the extended family? Did you ever feel anything, like, you know, from your dad's side or... To the fact that you're all Jewish,
1: like the um, kids. From my dad's side, they're all kind of in West Africa, and they don't really speak so much English, mm. so it's not so much of an issue. Uh, From my mom's side, I think they think I'm like a religious zealot. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, but. Yeah. To be honest, I feel like everybody has like an extreme take on it. Either it doesn't matter at all, and they just see me for who I am, or it's like, whoa, she's like really out there. So
3: there's a rabbi that says everyone's on a thin thread, (laughs) and anyone anyone's above you is completely extreme. Yeah. And anyone who's below you is just with no control. You know, everyone's extreme, but besides for the path that I'm on, it's the perfect thread. You know.
1: Mm -hmm, Totally. That's so funny! Wow.
0: So that's a uh, that's really interesting. And so you've been in LA for how many years
1: now? You said um, all together. I think ten. So all of those trips to Israel were spaced out like two or three years each.
0: Right. So you you moved here right after like school, basically for for fashion. Was that the reason why you
1: moved here? Um, so the way I ended up here is I came out for college, stayed for four years. Then I moved um, to New York and I worked there for two years and then I moved back to LA.
0: I see. So you so you got the taste already of LA before you know yeah. before going back to New York and you know, doing that. That's amazing. Anyone else has any questions before we're wrapping up? Hey Hava Raising your hand. Hi Kim,
2: nice to meet you. I'm just
1: nice kidding you as well, Hava. Thank you for <laughs> showing up.
2: Um no, I I have the privilege of knowing Kim, I call her Karen through Hebrew name um, really well she's one of my closest friends, and I just want to say um, I'm so happy you got to speak today and something that I think people should know about you too is that um, you're such an inspiring person for one of the main reasons, which is that you have this strong ability to retain who you are and whatever you do, and I think that's such an important thing for people to learn like as they're growing in their Judaism to realize that you don't have to lose any parts of yourself um from your past because you were born into who you are for a reason and all of the creativity and the humor that is you can always like stay with you and I think you just exemplify that more than pretty much anyone I know so I just
1: think that's a really cool thing. Hama that's so touching thank you for telling me that and I, I feel the same way about you uh you really inspire me and you're one of my role models. This is about you, Kim. <laughs> yeah.
3: Don't worry. We're going to do another one for Chava.
1: But I, mean, I also want to um, share with you guys that if it if it comes off that I'm very at ease and comfortable with myself, um, this has definitely been a journey. It hasn't always been that way. There's been times where I was like, oh, I can't tell people that I used to date non-Jews. Or, oh, I can't dress this certain way around certain people. But um, I've definitely come to the conclusion that the path of least resistance is your path and that might sound counterintuitive because it's like oh the easiest path but it's not the easiest path is actually hard does that make sense (laughs) yeah basically what i'm trying to say is don't force yourself to be something you're not be exactly who you are and life will be a good journey
0: (laughs) wow thank you thank you i appreciate that i think there's a lot to learn always (laughs) you know um sorry did you want to say something oh oh no i thought you (laughs) raised your hand (laughs) anything else you'd like to add before we're wrapping up
3: um yeah no i was just thinking about what you just said now and we have a statement that the talmud says in the place that people who do teshuva who come back to judaism stand even the greatest righteous most righteous people can't stand in that place um and uh it's kind him, of him, way- Rabbi Akiva yeah there you go, <laughs> exactly. there you go. Actually, sorry
1: Rabbi Akiva was about teshuva, so that was a bad example no that's exactly yeah. what
3: I'm telling you yeah <laughs> we, we, all pray, we all pray every day to do Teshuvah and improve but um one thing is for sure is is from that statement we can learn that you use your past as a platform for your growth. You don't flaunt it to everybody and like, hey, you know, I used to hang out with uh, non-Jewish guys and whatever <laughs> it is. Um, but at the same time, you do, uh, you do recognize your past and you own it. You, 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 you embrace it and love it. And you say, wow, look who I am now and where I've become. Because the Talmud says, that's what makes you the greatest, greater than any of the righteous people. And if the Talmud says it, um, then we got to believe it, you know, and and I believe it. I believe it so much. So to ignore, to completely disown our past is something that we should never do. Um, But, you know, at the same time, we have a state, we we can't run around uh, reminding everybody, hey, I remember you when you used to hang out in Vegas. And (laughs) we have that, we have another rule in uh, Judaism, which says that you can't, we can't remember our early don't remind us of our early past of when we did the wrong things we don't want people to remind us of it but we own it we we know it and we're proud of it for ourselves and we're proud of our growth
1: right so i don't want to hear about it so <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
0: give it to yourselves <laughs> Okay. Uh, well that's that's that was beautiful thank you so much kim for joining us tonight for inspiring us um, we Would love to see you around. You know when yeah, it's know when normal time. <laughs> <You guys. laughs> I know. Yeah, we will definitely do. And anyone else has any anything else they want to add before we are um, saying good night for you know. Everybody.